Part nine of Child Christopher and Goldilyn the Fair by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty three A Council of Captains. The host comes to Broadleys and makes for Woodwall. That night, though there was some little coming and going between the Tofters and the Brimsiders, yet either flock slept on their own side of the river. Moreover, before the midst of the night cometh David to the woodside, and had with him all men defensible of the tofts, and the houses thereabout, and most of the women also, many of whom bore spear or bow, so that now by the woodside, what with them of the tofts, and the folk who joined them thereto from the countryside about Hazeldale, there were well nigh ten hundreds of folk under weapons. And yet more came in the night through, for the tidings of the allegiance of Brimside was spreading full fast. Betimes on the morrow was King Christopher afoot, and he and Jack and David and Gilbert, and they twelve in company, went down to the banner by the waterside, and to them presently came Oliver Marson, and ten other of the captains of Brimside, and did them to wit that the baron were fain if they would come to his pavilion, and hold counsel therein, for that he was not so sick, but he might well speak his mind from where he lay. So thither they went all, with good will, and the baron greeted them friendly, and made what reverence he might to Christopher, and bade him say what was his mind and his will. But Christopher bade them who were his elders in battle to speak, and the baron laughed outright, and said, Me seemeth, Lord King, thou didst grow old yesterday at my costs, but since thou wilt have me to speak, I will even do so, and to make matters the shorter, I will say that I wot well what ye have to do, and that is, to fall upon the Earl Marshal's folk, ere they fall upon us. Now some folk deem we should fare to Brimside, and have a hosting there, but I say nay, whereas it lieth out of the road to Oakenham, and thereby is our road, meseemeth, and it is but some six days riding hence, save, as is most like, two of those days be days of battle, but if we go straight forward with banners displayed, each day's faring shall be a day of hosting and gathering. For I tell thee, Lord King, the fame of thee has by now gone far in this countryside. Wherefore I say no more, since I wax weary, than this. To the road this morning, and get we so far as Broadleys ere nightfall, for there we shall get both victual and folk. There was good cheer made at his word, so Christopher spake. Baron of Brimside, Thou hast spoken my very mind and will, and but if these lords and captains gainsay it, let us tarry no longer, but array all our folk in good order, and take tale of them, and so for broadlies. What say ye, lords? None nay said it, so there was no more talk save as to the ordering of this or the other company, and it was so areeded that the Brimside men should fare first at the head of the host with the banner of Brimside, and that then should go the mingled folk of the countryside, and lastly the folk of the tofts with the banner of Oakenrealm, so that if the host came upon foemen, they might be for a cloud to hide the intent of their battles a while, till they might take their advantage. So went the captains to their companies, and the tofters and their mates crossed the river to the men of Brimside, who gave them good cheer when they came amongst them. And it was hard to order the host for a while, so did the upland folk throng about the king and queen, and happy were they who had a full look on Goldilind. And yet were some so lucky and so bold, 
that they kissed a hand of her and one there was a very tall young man and a goodly who stood there and craved to kiss her cheek and she did not gainsay him and thereafter nought was good to him save an occasion to die for her as for christopher he spake to many and said to them that wheresoever his banner was he at least should be at the forefront when so they came upon unpeace and so soon as they got to the road he went from company to company speaking to many and that so sweetly unfriendly that all praised him and said that here forsooth was a king who was all good and nothing bad whereas hitherto men had deemed them lucky indeed if their king were half good and half bad merry then was the road to broadleys and they came there before nightfall and it was a little cheaping town and unwalled and if the folk had any will toward them they lacked might but when they found they were not to be robbed and that it was but the proclaiming of king christopher in the market-place and finding victual and house-room for the host and the mayor taking a paper in payment thereof none stirred against them and many joined the host to fight for the fair young king now nought as yet had they heard at broadleys of any force stirring against them but in the morning when they went on their ways again and were bound for cheaping woodwall which was a fenced town they sent out well-horsed riders to espy the road who came back on the spur two hours after noon and did them to wit that there was a host abiding them beneath the walls of woodwall under the banner of walter the white an old warrior and fell fighter but what comfort he might have from them of woodwall they wotted not but they said that the tidings of their coming had gone abroad and many folk were abiding the issue of this battle ere they joined them to either host now on these tidings the captains were of one mind to wit to fare on softly till they came to a defensible place not far from the foemen since they could scarce come to woodwall in good order before nightfall and if they were unfoughten before to push forward to battle in the morning even so did they and made a halt at sunset on a pleasant hill above a river some three miles from woodwall and there they passed the night unmeddled with chapter thirty four battle before woodwall when morning was the captains came to king christopher to counsel but while they were amidst of their talk came the word that the foe was anigh and come close to the river-bank whereat was none abashed but to all it seemed wisdom to abide them on the vantage-ground so then there was girding of swords and doing on of helms as for ordering of the folk it was already done for all the host was ranked on the bent side with the banner of oaken realm in the midst on its left hand the banner of the tofts and on the right the banner of brimside now when christopher was come to his place he looked down and saw how the foemen were pouring over the river for it was nowhere deep and there were four quite shallow fords many more were they than his folk but he deemed that they fared somewhat tumultuously and when the bowmen of the tofts began shooting the foemen a many of them stayed amidst of the river to bend bow in their turn and seemed to think they were nigh enough already nay some went back again to the other bank to shoot thence the surer and the drier and some went yet a little further back on the field so that when their sergeants and riders were come on to the hither bank they lacked about a fifth of all their host and they themselves for all they were so many had some ado to make up their minds to go forward 
forsooth when they looked up at the bent and saw the three banners of oakenrealm and the tofts and brimside all waving over the same ranks they knew not what to make of it and christopher's host when they saw them hang back break out into mocking whoops and shouts and words were heard in them go and dine at brimside good fellows go up to the tofts for supper and bed a christopher a christopher and so forth now all king christopher's men were afoot saving a band of the riders of brimside who bestrode strong and tall horses and bore jack and sallet and spear but no heavy armour so christopher heard and saw and the heart rose high in him and he sent messengers to the right and the left and bade the captains watch till he waved his sword aloft and then all down the bent together and he bade the brimside riders edge a little outward and downward and be ready for the chase and suffer not any of the foemen to gather together when once they fell to running for he knew in his heart that the folk before him would never abide their onfall and the day was yet young and it lacked four hours of noon king christopher abode ill he saw the foemen were come off the level ground and were mounting the bent slowly and not in very good order or in ranks closely serried then he strode forth three paces and waved his sword high above his head and cried out a christopher a christopher forward banner of the realm and forth he went steady and strong and a great shout arose behind him and none shrank or lagged but spears and bills and axes and swords all came on like a wall of steel so that to the foemen the earth seemed alive with death and they made no show of abiding the onset but all turned and ran save walter the white and a score of his knights who forsooth were borne down in a trice and were taken to mercy those of them who were not slain at the first crash of weapons there then ye might have seen great clumps of men making no defence but casting down their weapons and crying mercy and forsooth so great was the throng that no great many were slain but on the other hand but few got away across the water and on them presently fell the brimside riders and hewed down and slew and took few to mercy and some few besides the first laggards of the bowmen it might be three hundreds in all escaped and gat to woodwall but when they of the town saw them they made up their minds speedily and shut their gates and the poor fleers found but the points of shafts and the heads of quarrels before them but on the field of deed those captives were somewhat fearful as to what should be done with them and they spake one to the other about it that they would be willing to serve the new king since he was so mighty and amidst of their talk came the captains of king christopher and they drew into a ring around them and the lords bade them look to it whether they would be foemen of the king the son of that king christopher the old if so ye be said they ye may escape this time but ye see how valiant a man he is and how lucky withal and happy shall they be whom he calleth friends now what say ye will ye take up your weapons again and be under the best of kings and a true one or will ye depart and take the chance of his wrath in the coming days we say how many of you will serve king christopher then arose from them a mighty shout all all one and all albeit some there were who slunk away and said naught and none heeded them so then all the sergeants and the common folk swore allegiance to king christopher 
but of the knights who were left alive some said yea and some nay and these last were suffered to depart but must needs ride unarmed now by the time all was done and the new men had dined along with the rest of the host and of the newcomers tale had been taken the day was wearing so they set off for woodwall and on the way they met the mayor and alderman thereof who came before king christopher and knelt to him and gave him the keys of their town so he was gracious to them and thanked them and bade see to the victual and lodging of the host and that all should be paid thereafter and they said that they had seen to all this before they came forth of the town and that if the lord king would ride forth he would find fair lodging in the good town so king christopher was pleased and bade the burgesses ride beside him and he talked merrily with them on the way so that their hearts rejoiced over the kindness of their lord so they came to the gate and there the king made stay till goldilind was fetched to him so that they might ride into the good town side by side and in the streets was much people thronging and the sun was scarce set so that the folk could see their king and queen what they were and they who were nighest unto them they let their shouts die out so were their hearts touched with the sight of them and the love of their beauty thus rode they in triumph through the street till they were come to their lodging which was great and goodly as for a cheaping town and so the day was gone and the night was come and the council and the banquet were over then were the king and goldilin together again like any up-country lad and lass but she stood before him and said o oh, thou king and mighty warrior surely i ought to fear thee now but it is not so so sore as i desire thee but yet it maketh both laughter and tears come to me when i think of the day we rode away from green harbour with thee and i seem to myself a great lady though i were unhappy and though i loved thy body i feared lest the churl's blood in thee might shame me perchance and i was proud and unkind to thee and i hurt thee sorely and now i will say it and confess that somewhat i joyed to see thine anguish for i knew that it meant thy love for me and thy desire to me lo now wilt thou forgive me this or wilt thou punish me o lord king he laughed sweetling he said meseemeth now all day long i have been fighting against raiment rather than men no man withstood me in the battle for that they feared the crown on my helm and the banner over my head and when these good men of the town brought me the keys how should i have known them from the borrel folk but for their scarlet gowns and fur hoods and meseemeth that when they knelt to me it was the scarlet gowns kneeling to the kingly armour therefore sweetheart if thou fearest that the king should punish thee for so wounding the poor christopher of those few days ago as belike thou deservest it bid the king do off his raiment and do thou in likewise and then there shall be no king to punish and no king's scather to thole the punishment but only christopher and goldilind even as they met erewhile on the dewy grass of littledale she blushed blood-red but ere his words were done her hands were busy with girdle and clasp and her raiment fell from her to the earth and his kingly raiment was cast from him and he took her by the hand and led her to the bed of honour that their love might have increase that night also chapter thirty five an old acquaintance and an evil deed when morning was and it was yet early 
the town was all astir and the gates were thrown open and weaponed men thronged into it crying out for christopher the king then the king came forth and jack of the toffs and his sons and oliver marson and the captains of brimside and the host was blown together to the market-place and there was a new tale of them taken and they were now hard on seventy hundreds of men so then were new captains appointed and thereafter they tarried not save to eat a morsel but went out a gate faring after the banners to oakenrealm all folk blessing them as they went nought befell them of evil that day but ever fresh companies joined them on the road and they gat harbour in another walled town hight sevenham and rested there in peace that night and were now grown to eighty hundreds again on the morrow they were on the road betimes and again much folk joined them and they heard no tidings of any foemen faring against them whereat jack of the toffs marvelled for he and the others had deemed that now at last would rolf the traitor come out against them forsooth when they had gone all day and night was at hand it seemed most like to the captains that he would fall upon them that night whereas they were now in a somewhat perilous pass for they must needs rest at a little thorp amidst of great and thick woods which lay all around about the frank of oakenham as a garland about a head so there they kept watch and ward more heedfully than their wont was and king christopher lodged with goldilind at the house of a good man of the thorp now when it lacked but half an hour of midnight and jack of the toffs and oliver marson and the captain of woodwall had just left him after they had settled the order of the next day's journey and goldilin lay abed in the inner chamber there entered one of the men of the watch and said lord king here is a man here by who would see thee he is weaponed and he saith that he hath a gift for thee what shall we do with him said christopher bring him hither good fellow and the man went back and came in again leading a tall man armed but with a hood done over his steel hat so that his face was hidden and he had a bag in his hand with something therein then spake the king and said thou man since thy face is hidden this trusty man-at-arms shall stand by thee while we talk together lord said the man let there be a dozen to hear our talk i care not for i tell thee that i come to give thee a gift and gift-bearers are oftenest welcome quoth the king maybe yet before thou bring it forth i would see thy face for meseems i have an inkling of thy voice so the man cast back his hood and lo it was simon the squire ha said christopher is it thou then hast thou another knife to give me nay said simon only the work of the knife and therewith he set his hand to the bag and drew out by the hair a man's head newly hacked off and bleeding and said hast thou seen him before lord he was a great man yesterday though not so great as thou shalt be to-morrow once only i have seen him said christopher and then he gave me this gift and he showed his father's ring on his finger thou hast slain the earl marshal who called himself the king of oakenrealm my traitor and dastard he was but thy friend wherefore have i two evil deeds to reward thee simon the wounding of me and the slaying of him dost thou not deem thee gallows ripe king said simon what wouldst thou have done with him hast thou caught him said christopher i had slain him had i met him with a weapon in his fist and if we had taken him i had let the folk judge him 
said Simon. That is to say, that either thou hadst slain him thyself, or bidden others to slay him. Now then I ask thee, king, for which deed wilt thou slay me, for not slaying thee, or for doing thy work and slaying thy foe? said Christopher to the guard. Good fellow, fetch here a good horse, ready saddled and bridled, and be speedy. So the man went, and Christopher said to Simon, For the knife in my side I forgive it thee, and as to the slaying of thy friend, it is not for me to take up the feud, but this is no place for thee. If Jack of the Toffs, or any of his sons, or one of the captains findeth thee, soon art thou sped. Wherefore I read thee, when yonder lad hath brought thee the horse, show me the breadth of thy back, and mount the beast, and put the most miles thou canst betwixt me and my folk, for they love me said simon sorry payments for making thee a king said christopher well thou art in the right i may well give gold for getting rid of such as thou and he put his hand into a pouch that hung on his chair and drew out thence a purse and gave it on to simon who took it and opened it and looked therein and then flung it down on the ground christopher looked on him wrathfully with reddened face and cried out thou dog wouldst thou be an earl and rule the folk what more dost thou want this cried out simon and leapt upon him knife aloft christopher was unarmed utterly but he caught hold of the felon's right arm with his right hand and gripped the wrist till he shrieked then he raised up his mighty left hand and drave it down on simon's head by the ear and all gave way before it and the murderer fell crushed and dead to earth therewith came in the man-at-arms to tell him that the horse was come but stared wild when he saw the dead man on the ground but christopher said my lad here hath been one who would have thrust a knife into an unarmed man wherefore i must needs give him his wages but now thou hast this to do take thou this dead man and bind him so fast on the horse thou hast brought that he will not come off till the bindings be undone and bind with all the head of this other who was once a great man and an evil before the slayer of him so that it also may be fast then get thee to horse and lead this beast and its burden till ye are well on the highway to oakenham and then let him go and find his way to the gate of the city if god will and hearken my lad seest thou this gold which lieth scattering on the floor here this was mine but it is no longer since i have given it away to the dead man just before he lifted his hand against me wherefore now i will keep it for thee against thou comest back safe to me in the morning betimes as i deem thou wilt if thou wilt be hight to saint julian the helping of some poor body on the road go therefore but send hither the guard for i am weary now and would go to sleep without slaying any man else so departed the man full of joy and christopher gathered his money together again and so fared to his bed peacefully End of part nine.